Hey, what's up? This is episode 44, Rob McLean, Jason DeBilius. This episode of Sports Debates Tuesday starts right now. What's up, people? Episode 44, Sports Debate Tuesday. I am with my man, Rob. Keep it McLean, McLean. I am Jason DeBeas, and we've got to give the people, give the people what we want. What's good? What's happening, brother? Big ass sports weekend, didn't we? We ain't even gonna do. We ain't even gonna fit that. There ain't no room for MMA <laughs> except for Anthony Smith. Locked up that nice triangle choke at the end and was like, "Dude, it's what I expected." <laughs> Big up for Clark for taking that that match though. Um, and you know what? I, Mike Perry last week coming in five pounds overweight and then videos of him eating cheeseburgers that dude see yo something wrong in the head but we ain't here to talk about that this is episode 44 just like our 44th president just like my 44th guest on my podcast dane blanton think 44 cult 45 misfired this year and here we go got a lot of football to talk about got a lot of um we got our nfl pick six we got a new guest and we battled the host i don't think either one of us did that well but first things first mike tyson roy jones robert mclean fought this weekend eight rounds to what they affectionately referred referred to and wrongfully referred to as a draw a draw <laughs> rob mclean cut the mess i'm gonna get right to the point did they get that decision right <clears throat> well if you if you listen to the, the to the rules before there was a lot of um uh you know set uh, like set out preconceived winning conditions to where even if any of them got cut the fight would be stopped immediately um i thought you know mike looked way better not better but you know he looked a lot sharper he looked a lot cleaner um especially you know being a bit the elder uh but <clears throat> yeah, I, I just thought it was a great fight. Um, I think these are types of fights that, that can happen nowadays instead of, you know, a 12-round super fight bout for really nothing. You know, why not do exhibitions where, you know, everybody's still getting money? Like Mike was saying at the end, this is something that, you know, gives him happiness uh, and, and, and puts him in a better place at the end of the day. Um, I think there's definitely a place for this. Uh, if there's a place for bear and Ruckle Brawls, you know. Um but yeah, did the, who, who won the fight? I definitely think Mike won the fight, um, but I, I don't think that was the intention is, is a win-loss. You know, I think the intention was, you know, a great fight, and I think that, that that's what they brought. So, yeah. Rob McLean. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Sorry, Rob, keep it McLean. McLean. Hell no, the judges didn't get that right. Is it a charity event? Yes. Is it to raise money for, I don't know, kids in Angola or for the next guest on Child Apprentice? Yes. Was it for a good cause? Yes, because someone someone else needed some money and they fought for it. But with that being said, Rob, we're both, I'm a former volleyball player. You are a current volleyball player. We have plenty of charity events, but there is a winner, okay? Basketball, plenty of charity events, plenty of all-star, you know, uh, movie stars against the pros and 
and all that stuff, charity events. But there is a score and there is a winner. Only in only in something this silly. And uh, by the way, I'm gonna get to the promoter who's awesome. This I didn't know. I, I wasn't Bob Arum. Wasn't no Dana White there. Whoever this dude was, like, we got to get his name because I I I. They, this whoever did this brought boxing back using two relative unknowns. <laughs> well, I mean, in, in the boxing game and two guys who are way over the hill. So I wasn't a big fan of the participation trophy. If there's a winner, there's a winner. Ain't no problem. Anyone got a problem with that? Mike Tyson looked as far as being 53 or 56 years old, there's a curve on, on like, even the people who work out, there's there's a curve where like certain people don't look their age. Tyson did, that body-wise did not look his age. He looked terrific. His movement is terrific. His twitch, like the twitch muscles, they weren't, listen, they weren't 18 or 20 year old Mike Tyson, but it did raise the question like, dude, maybe he should fight some young dude. And then you dismiss that thought like, no, 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 no. Come on, get out of here with that. But I really like that he came there to put on a show. Right. If it's for charity, you want the boxers. They, 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 they know it's a show, but they also know it's a fight because Roy Jones Jr. is competitive to the day he dies. Mike Tyson is competitive, you know, of, of I guess to the day he dies too, I got to say it the same way. Um, did the judges get it right? No, they did not. Um, did it matter for charity? I, I guess not, you know, but, but at the end, even games that are fun, you want to have a winner, right? How many times your friends are like, yo, come, Rob, come play fours with us. You know, don't worry. It, it's not competitive. It's just, it's just for fun. You know, and, you, and at the time you're, you're, you're working out and you're, you're to compete. How many times did they ask you to play on the premise that's, that it's fun? And then when you said yes and went, how many times did it get personal? How many times did fun go out the window when the score is like 13, 13, game three, <laughs> game Holy. to 15. So, so uh, I love the event and I love the way it was put together and god bless this promoter and god bless everybody that that came through and kept their promises uh undelivered but uh as to the question did the judges get it right maybe it's an inappropriate uh, way to start the show because <laughs> the media answers no yeah for me I, I think it's uh it didn't matter but uh at the end of the day uh even a draw is a draw you know uh true. <clears throat> i don't know exactly how they scored that fight um, again, you know, with, with the parameters being different, I, I don't know if they scored, you know, it, it you know, as a normal fight. So, uh, <clears throat> I'll, cool. I'll take a draw in, in an exhibition, you know? Yeah. Why the hell not? Right. I mean, I mean, I, I, who, when you heard the result draw for me, I had a, a Rocky Balboa versus Hulk Hogan um uh replay in my mind in the movie Rocky Three when they did it just for show and Hogan was being Hogan was being a D or Thunderlips. Now sorry that that was his name in the movie Thunderlips was just throwing him around. Alright, here's the next topic. Uh while we're still on the subject of boxing and for the people listening, you gotta appreciate the rarity of this because boxing was so dead to us. Um it seems like it's back, except now, you know, Wilder had a good match in our, in our undefeated cat. We, we talked about a little bit. I, I really love that guy who's like 38 and 0 right now. Um, Bud Crawford. Wow. Bud. Yo, another guy that's going to breathe life back in the box. And, you know, so the next question is there was a co there was a co match or something else on the card. I won't call it a co man event. Uh, what have you. Uh, Please don't. Boxing. I guess enthusiast and YouTube sensation Jake Paul defeated 
zero and zero now zero and one former nba player and, and five-time dunk champion former new york nick nate robinson by ko in the second round afterwards he said i want to fight dylan dennis and i also want to fight conor mcgregor which is pretty much an assault on that whole camp because for anyone who doesn't watch mixed martial arts or boxing, Conor McGregor and Dylan Dennis are in the same mixed martial arts camp. In fact, Dylan Dennis is Conor McGregor's jiu-jitsu coach and is currently fighting in the UFC. So my question to you, Rob, is Jake for real? That's I mean, a loaded I don't question. think so. That's a loaded really question, don't. but go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't think so, but... Uh, I know it wouldn't really be anything to any of those fighters because, you know, a a guy like him, and I'm not even trying to call him out or anything, but, you know, guys like that, you know, there are real fighters, you know, there are real MMA, you know, people. So, you know, to be uh, an individual who's an enthusiast, like you were saying, is totally fine, you know, pump up the sport, you know, hype up the interest. But uh, in terms of calling out fighters, uh, I mean, he's going to get a rude awakening if that ever really happens. Um, but again, that's MMA. That's not really, uh, <clears throat> that's not really boxing. And I just think he's trying to look for a big payday. You know, the whole thing about YouTube being the YouTube sensation is that you you monetize what you do. You know, your whole life is about monetization. Uh, and <clears throat> that's not really, I mean, that's very possible in boxing, you know, and, and he's doing a good job. He's done a great job of, you know, creating a, a boxing atmosphere in his life and, and you know, training a lot and, and, and I'm being active in, in the, uh, you know, in the gym and in a boxing community. But, um, you know, there's just levels to that, you know, fighting Nate Robinson, who's never really boxed or really fought before. And you saw that the other night, um, led with his face. <clears throat> yeah, that's, you know, he was just street fighting against somebody who's been training to box, you know, for two years now, two, three years now. <clears throat> so, no, I don't think he's serious, but I think he'd get yeah a rude awakening if he uh, he ever uh, actually accepted that fight or got someone to accept accept that fight. I think as it a question is Jake for real. Um, the questions on so many levels. So I'd like to just talk about boxing first. No, no, he's not for real. I mean, he did he 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 had barely enough head movement to beat someone that's never fought in the fought in the ring someone that looked like they didn't train very much for the ring for offense and defense and we're going to get to nate robinson in a bit because we clearly he trained just uh, he well no he didn't train sorry um <clears throat> i tried <laughs> he didn't train and I'm not beating them up because some people are teasing them because he got starched. I'm not doing that. I don't. I don't tease people that get into the cage. And but I. But you can't say, you know, you can. You could say he got starched without laughing at him. I'm not. This. This is not a joke. He got. He got. He got slept, and for a while he looked like he wasn't getting up. Okay. So, is Jake for real? No, because his head. His head movement and and his counters, are not enough to knock out people who can take a shot for people who are in this business, assuming his counters even land. Second of all, his head movement is so late. It's so late on anyone, any boxer who's who's punching forward or using the cross instead of loop, loopy hooks um, would, would, would tag him before he can counter. So his counters, so many boxers are in and out before he can even counter. So that's second. Um, is he for real in the sense that this is what he wants to do? Yeah. 
He honestly wants to fight Conor McGregor. He for real wants to fight Dylan Dennis, though Dylan Dennis will not fight him in a ring. He's got he's to take off his gloves and put on some MMA gloves and take off his shoes and do it that way. And may, maybe Dylan Dennis might not let go. I do not like Dylan Dennis as a, as a mixed martial arts fan. I think he's a douche. And I think, like you said, he's doing what he has to do to sell his brand. But at the same time, I got to call someone that's acting like a douchebag a douchebag. Sorry. Um, Conor McGregor still wasn't a big fan of his work but at the same time man it's, it's i miss the guy it's, you know the ufc and mma is so you know it's so it's like eminem it feels so empty without me <laughs> but um nah he he's for real as far as what he wants to do but in a reality i think he could probably beat dylan dennis on a boxing match if it was just gloves yeah he ain't beating connor in a boxing match connor if connor found ways to hit floyd <laughs> Floyd, one of the best defensive fighters, you know, in, in the game, even though Floyd was leaning forward in his defense. But um, so Jake is for real. And I think he's good enough for one more fight to sell pay-per-views and have people follow him. But I'm telling you, Rob, as soon as he loses. It's, you know, as soon as he loses, he loses a lot. Of, he loses a lot of his brand. So do you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, uh, winning. I mean, I, winning I think gets I'll, people. Sorry. I mean, I just. I don't think a lot of his brand is ever going to be based off of boxing. I just think that's the thing that he's doing now. Mm -hmm. uh, and, it, and it generates a lot of, uh, you know, interest um, in two different directions. So one from a solidified area like boxing and one from something he does normally, which is YouTube. So it's just something to, you know, strengthen his base. Um, you know, he's had boxers like Ryan Garcia over. Um, he, they've had... Uh, you know, he's had other people, uh, you know, come to his house and, you know, help him out. And so it's just like a, a meshing of, you know, what he's doing. I think it's great for the sport. I think boxing really needs some sort of personalities, not just to be a boxing personalities, but, you know, promoter, promoting personalities. And I think that's really where, you know, maybe YouTube uh, or, you know, social media type um, influencers can kind of, you know, monetize their their, their base where, you know, instead of doing it off of social media or for, you know, makeup or, you know, clothing or, you know, you can go to these bigger businesses and, and get a uh, and, and be able to, to sell them advertising and ways to advertise their their brand. So yeah. it's very interesting. A very, it is very much. Now, well, let's finish with Nate Robinson, who, who came in uh, his boxing debut. Um, got knocked down twice before he got he got um, indefinitely starched in the second round. Um, even Snoop, who I, I thought had no business being a color commentator, surprised the hell out of me. He was he was entertaining. He was fun, and he was honest. And he and what he didn't know, he was asking fight aficionados like, "Is he doing this wrong? Am I am I wrong? Tell me he shouldn't be leading, you know, just or whatever. And he's not getting in. He's just getting tagged or whatever." All right, I have a problem with other MMA comp, comp, sports combatants, Rob saying that if you never fought, you shouldn't talk about boxing and you shouldn't talk about this guy, tease this guy and this and that. I have a problem with people saying that because I don't think you have to be a chef to know if a steak tastes funny. <laughs> you know, what are you, a chef? No, then shut up. You don't know anything about steak. No, 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 no. I myself don't tease people for getting whatever because I just don't think it's right. You know, I'm, I won't tease anybody that got hurt in, in a non-combat sport. <laughs> you know, someone's on a skateboard, right? And they're, they're trying to do a stunt. They fall on a freaking sidewalk. They, you know, <laughs> they dislocate their arm. That's not funny. 
<laughs> so, so, but for me, I do understand why people do it. And I want your thoughts on this. I think if someone talks a big game and says, oh, I'm going to represent this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this to that guy, I'm going to do that to that guy. I think if you say all these things and you don't do it, you have to be ready for the blowback. So I understand why some people do it. So, and that's the problem I have with combat sports compared to this. You can't talk all this nonsense and then, you know, talk about how everybody, you know, else is this and I'm this. And then when you lose, you can't play, you, you can't, you can't play the victim. They can't play him as the victim. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. Thoughts? So let me, so let me respond. Please. Um, <clears throat> I just, I think what I believe it is, is there's a very thin line. And again, we, we, as people aren't really, we don't talk about communication, how to communicate and, and what we say can, uh, you know, affect a lot of different things. You say the same thing in a different tone to the same exact person. And it can mean two totally different things. Right. So the same thing goes with the choice of words that people say. So I think there's a, there's a big distinction, although it's very small at, um, sometimes when people are saying things, they say, like you're allowed to have your own opinion. That's totally fine. But if you're saying it like you know it's for truth, you know it as truth, that's where it becomes you know troublesome, right? If somebody's talking about an MMA, I know for a fact I'm going to beat this person, this person, this person, like this, that, that. That's great. That's your opinion. That's might what happened. Right. And even if it doesn't happen, that's great. It matches up. Yep. But you can only tell I, this is what I'm great at. You know, there's, there's a certain way to talk trash, you know, and that's where there's a small distinction in uh, saying things about, you know, that are really truthful. Like Leon Edwards talking about Cosma uh, Chimeyev. Uh, he's not really saying anything that is uh, untruthful. Yeah. You know, he's just laying it down that he's a little hyped right now. People yeah. come in hyped and they lose when they go against a big different differential in, in, uh, in talent. Right. Um, it's not he's not talking trash. He's not saying this is what I'm going to do this guy and he can't do this to me. He's just telling people this is this is the truth that I'm seeing from my perspective. So I, I just think there's a there's a there's a there's a thin line in between talking trash uh, or just talking about in, in truth um, that what is your truth or what is the truth. Right. I, I agree with you. If you attack a boxing person with boxing. That's in bounds, right? You're not talking about somebody's mom or someone's family or someone's religion or this or that, which I think sometimes if you do that and you get starched, yeah, I'm going to tease you because <laughs> you had to, you can't play the victim. You, you, you had that coming. Um, you know, we're both volleyball guys, right? You know, I get a lot of messages from people talking about, uh, you know, I was out of bounds or this or that. And, and for the most part, you, you rarely see me issue an apology unless I attacked a volleyball player not with volleyball <laughs> you know right. there's a couple a month ago there was someone i was like that dude's drunk he's obviously drunk he, he look at him he's fucking whatever this and that and that i apologize for because i thought that was out of bounds you know and i thought and if i don't know i mean i don't know someone that well enough where they got thick skin and me and him what wasn't like that you know we're like that now we got to talk to each other because i wanted to get his number because i didn't want to just tweet an apology. I wanted to call him personally and say, Hey, that's not me. You, you, you heard me and you know, that's not how I roll. But, but, um, I don't know. Does that, uh, does Nate even want to do this? I mean, Nate, I think Nate, look, he's an, he's a, he's an elite athlete, but, he, uh, do, but do we both, do we believe that he trained for this fight? No, 
No. And I don't think he'll come back in again because, you know, that, being knocked out like that is pretty scary too, yeah. you know, and uh, you could train, you know, as much as you want. And a lot of people train for a long time mm -hmm. and then they get knocked out like that and they stop training. So to start training from that uh, instinct is a uh, very, is very interesting. Um, but on top of that, you know, but anybody Nate's, go, Nate's go been to a do professional Rufus, already. Man. You don't need to do more. And he's got the money. Go to Duke Rufus. Yeah. Go to yeah, even go enjoy. Duke Rufus is a, a great boxing coach. Go to um Jackson Wink is predominantly MMA, but I'm telling you, all of those guys can strike, man. I mean, Cowboy Cerrone, you know, a good eight point striker. John Jones, you knows how to use his reach and talk about def good defensive fighters. It was one, of, you know, we we almost had a problem with him lately about that. But you know, get get. He's it's not like he ain't got the money, man. What do you what? What are you doing you know and yeah, yeah this 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 is not this is an example of a, a boxing attack and not a personal attack what are you doing nate you know get 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 out there and if you want if you want fight number two or fight number three man you got to change camps man because that was i don't know that was either they he didn't have a lot of time to prepare or, or he's just like nah this dude's a youtube dude i got this i could you know i beat youtube guys on the street you know so so maybe there's a little bit of that you know so I don't I, know, man. I don't want to see it. Yeah, I know. Hey, let's close the door on boxing. Let's also close the door on on combat sports. But before we go, big up to Anthony Smith, top five um two hundred fiver who takes fights anytime, anywhere. And this time, he he had another short notice fight, a last minute replacement, and just took it. And was prepared to fight five rounds. This guy Clark came in, made weight, was prepared to fight five rounds. Actually, tagged him in the beginning. And Clark is actually the wrestler, so that was an ironic ending for me. Like Anthony Smith, I thought would be the one tagging him. Instead, Anthony Smith got tagged, and this is the guy I thought would be on top looking for submissions. Instead, he got submitted. <laughs> so, right, right, but, right. But there are Anthony Smith reminded everybody there are even for two hundred five, which is not the strongest division in the UFC. There are still levels between the top seven, you know and everybody else there's this huge difference you know shogun even shogun who got knocked out is is still kind of a gatekeeper for the top seven or eight so um right osp these guys there's those that's a that level and above man you know but yeah. Can, yeah so cool man yeah man we can talk about that later because we got we got we got a whole bunch of stuff including our week's pick six okay last week's pick six let's take a look at the results we got one game that was pushed back that was the ravens in pittsburgh so neither one of us are going to get a l or a dub or an l on that and here's our guy jeff shit so all three of us are two and three it's a wash between the republican space ranger and yours truly jason debilius and rob mclean that's pretty cool so now we're going to take a look at the overall record rob you went you went five and one last week so you gained a little bit of traction in me here i go making sure the rest of the pack isn't being followed in this three-horse race. <laughs> I'm your trail dog, guys. I'm your trail dog. That's why I keep doing all these dumbass picks, you know? So, <laughs> so, take a look at who our guest is this week, ladies and gentlemen. Our guest for this week's pick six is none other than FIVB champ and AVP professional and NCAA champ from BYU, Casey Jennings. When he gave me his picks, he texted me. He said, too easy. <laughs> and honestly, I, I think the gains I put up might be too easy. Maybe I'm trying to catch up. All right, so here we go. We got, um, let's go game one. We have the Saints 
visiting the Falcons. Rob, who you got? Ah, man. I mean, I'm going to have to go with the Saints, but, you know, the Falcons, man, I don't know. They're they're definitely my dark horse team this year. I would not be surprised if Taysom Hill throws up a a goose egg. But I'm going to go with the Saints. You're going to go with the Saints? Yeah. I'm going to go with the Falcons. One, because Mm -hmm. I got to catch up. Two, because Taysom Hill... um, has done a good job not beating himself, running when he needs to. Doesn't doesn't make a, a lot of throws. But if if the Falcons decide to make this a shootout, and, that, and I think they will, I think they have the weapons to actually put up 24 points against the Saints. And and can the Saints put up 24 points against the Falcons defense? Yes, but um, I don't know. I have no reason. I have no reason to have the Falcons. They've always let me down, and here I go again, slipping further behind me. I'm going to go with the Falcons. And Casey Jennings is going with, oops, let's do that. Let's move him over like a gentleman. He's going with the Saints. Casey Jennings is going with the Saints. Now let's go game two. This is Colts at the Texans. I'm going to go first on this one. The Colts never go away. I mean, they played the Titans last week. They actually beat them the first time they played. Try to make it close, but sometimes an onside kick goes the wrong way. <laughs> Literally the wrong way, the opposite way. Our guy Brown, man, just just took it and ran away with it and ran away with that win. But I think the Colts are probably going to run away with this. They're very, very, they've been pretty stubborn against the run lately, if you don't count this this absolute beast from the Titans. Um, Tell me his name again. Because I'm old. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, man. Guy from Alabama, man, with that big old ponytail. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Colts on this. Who you got, Rob? Oh, man. I should go with the Colts. <laughs> uh, but for whatever reason, I just, I don't know. I just have a feeling that that the Colts are going to, you know, toss one up this game. I don't know. I'm going to go with the Colts. I'm going I'm to be smart. All right, cool. Our guy, Casey Jennings, is going with the Texans. Casey Jennings picks the teams at home and and puts his trust in Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it's a tough one. Game three, we have the Washington football team. I almost said it. With a Washington football team (laughs) uh, visiting our undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. Who you got? Oh, man, that's (laughs) – I'll go Steelers. Uh, I'll I'll be cautious here. Steelers, (laughs) Steelers, <laughs> next. Actually, now let's get Casey. Casey also said the Steelers. Uh, I, I guess, yeah. Listen, listen. If something else happens, we'll all we'll all take that 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 L, that hot L, serving up hot Ls. All right, game four. We have the who is this? We have the Browns visiting the Titans. Bow wow wow diddy yo diddy yo. The dog pound is gonna Browns, take a Titans. is gonna take a pounding. I am going with the Titans, and the Browns are gonna remember the Titans on this one. I think Denrick Henry runs wild. I think Nick Chubb, uh, if it's close, they'll let him run wild. But if it's if they fall behind, they're gonna take Chubb out the game, and that's what I think is gonna happen. I think it could be very evenly matched because they both have a good running game, both you know, and and, and their front five blocks really well. Tannehill against Mayfield? Come on. I'm, I'm going with and, – and Mike Vrabel as a coach? Nah, going Titans. But, man, you know, the Titans, for me, I always feel like the Titans should be like a 10-6 and 6 team, you know, 11-4, 11-5 at the end of the year, you know, and they always disappoint me. 
you know? And it's games like these that I feel like they end up losing, you know? Where it's a team who also likes to run the ball, a team who also has a good receiving core, a team who also has a good defense. You know, so I just – I'm going to go with the Browns on this one. I just feel like this is a, this is a game that the Titans lose. So the Browns I'm going to trust three, myself and, and go with the Browns on this. The Browns are 8-3 and three right now, dude. Yeah. I mean – are the Ravens? The Ravens are six and four right now, dude. Picture. I never. I never thought the Browns would be ahead of the Ravens. I'm. Uh, they're winning the right games, you know. And they. You they. Know. You know. I mean, look. They got worked by the 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 um, Ravens the first time, but and whoever the three losses, I don't really remember right now. But they're they're beating the teams they're supposed to, and this maybe this is maybe this is a game they're supposed to win. Let's go with uh, Casey on this one. Mister Jennings is going to go with the Titans on this. All right, uh, game five. You're going to go first on this one. We have the Rams visiting the Arizona Cardinals. Disappointed me Bobby last, McGee. last week. Who you got? Disappointed me last week. but well, who, who, who did? Uh, the, the Rams. Okay. You know, started out strong, but, you know, couldn't quite finish it. You know, I, I understand that. But uh, against the Cardinals, I mean, that's a tough one. That's a division I, I one. I think, you know. I, I, I'm going to go with the Cardinals on this one. I just think that uh, – I just think, you know, after that loss to New England, I, I just feel like the wheels are going to come back on and, and, you know, they're going to be one of the tough, you know, tough teams in the division again. So I'm going to go with the, the Cardinals here. How could a team like the Rams be so good and so dominant and you're like, that's the team that's going to go deep into the playoffs and then mm-hmm. only for a week later to be like, who are you? Who, 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 who? <laughs> true. It's true. Listen, they were who we thought they were, okay? A team that wins one one week and loses one in one week. They won. They lost last week. They're going to win this week. Um, their front four, particularly, and and their linebacking core, particularly Aaron Donald, they do really well, particularly against um, mobile quarterbacks. And they're going to dare the running game to beat. I mean, they're going to they're gonna go after Kyler Murray. They're very good at staying in their lanes. And and I know that because when they play Buffalo, it's a game they probably should have won if not for the PI call on fourth down. And uh, Josh Allen is a, is a mobile quarterback. Kyler Kyler Murray's a different level of uh, mobility, twitch, like that first step in twitch and movement. He's he's got he's got Wes Welker moves and Daniel Jones speed. Do you know, you, you know, know what he reminds me of. Honestly, every time that I like, I have felt like. This is the week that a team is just going to crumble and crush Kyler Murray. Because look what happened to Joe Burrow. I mean, you know, Arizona was that bad two years ago. You know, I've been waiting for it for two years. Like, what's this is going to be the game that Kyler Murray crumbles and you finally see he's a human again. And those are the games he honestly plays. Either he plays really well or his team plays really well and wins the game for some reason. So that's why I've got to go with Arizona here because yeah. this is just one of those games. You know, it's clutch time, you know, and he's just one of those players. Yep. You got Arizona. I got the Rams. Mm-hmm. And Casey's uh, co-signing with you. He's go- he's going with the Arizona Cardinals. Last but not least, we have game six. Our, our, out of our pick six, we have the New England Patriots visiting the L.A. Chargers. I'm going to go first on this one. The L.A. Mm-hmm. Chargers leads the league by far. 
in games decided by 10 points or less. They lead the league by far in games decided on the last drive of the last series. They lead by far probably in games decided by four points or less. This game is probably going to come down to four points or less. And I think that they've been snake bitten all season. And I think that snake continues to, 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 there's, there's not, there's not a vacuum that's going to suck out all that poison until, until next season. I hope Anthony Lynn, or I hope Lynn, coach Lynn stays with them because he's a really good coach. They've been fighting. You know, they lost a lot of key players in the beginning of the season. So I hope they keep him, and I definitely hope they keep Justin Herbert. They found their quarterback. I'm telling you, this guy fights. This guy's accurate. And the really fan, like and they need someone that sells tickets in L.A. right now, and that guy sells tickets. They they and they put their trust in Herbert, but I cannot put my trust in the Chargers on this one. I'm going with the New England Patriots, the visiting New England Patriots. Yeah, this one's tough. You know, yeah, again, I think I, I really feel like <laughs> that defense is, you know, it kind of I just don't I don't like the Patriots offense. You know, uh, I really I, I really thought that they did great last weekend again, you know, with the whole Arizona and they, they really stopped that hype train. But, um, yeah, I just I think I really feel like the Chargers going to take this one. I don't know. I just I have a feeling Shushing. in their house. <laughs> I know. So I'm going to, you know. Go out and live. Say yeah. the Chargers. I really like what they're doing. Yeah, offense, ask, Rob, so. ask Rob what he's won. Probably like another 5-1 and one record. Casey Jennings is going with me. He's going with the boys from New England. He's going with Bill and Belichick he trusts. Uh, it's a Casey long way Jennings, to travel, man. Casey Jennings, my man. Miss you. Love you to pieces. And I'm glad you, that you are my one of my participants this week. Long overdue, man. Trying to get, trying to get our AVP brethren. Get them out of their comfort zone. Talk a little football. Talk a little mixed martial arts. He also <laughs> watches um MMA too. But I, I probably not as avidly as we do. You know, um, you know. But like the bigger matches, you know, John Jones fights or Connor fights, whatever he watches it. Right, right, right. Um, Jason Olive also watches a lot of eight point strikers. Like Jason Olive likes Israel Adesanya. Like um, Jeff Samuels. Um, a lot of these guys that watch Muay Thai that don't just watch MMA or just or actually. In school for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I think Jason right now is a purple belt. So he and you know he's, I, I think he sees a Gracie every week. So you know, I, I, uh, he doesn't he doesn't do football though. <laughs> I can't, I can't, can't get Jo can't get Jo on this pick, man. All right, so Rob, since we're still on the subject of football, before we go to our next category, who was the most disappointing team last weekend? You you mentioned someone. Is, is that is that your team? The uh, that you said that was disappointing. I have. Yeah, I mean, I if they just them, disappointed me. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, no, they just disappointed me. It wasn't necessarily like the most disappointing team. Okay. Uh, I would have to go with the Raiders. I mean, you know, maybe it was two weeks ago, but man, they just they just haven't been doing the right thing. You know, I you know they just haven't been doing the what they've been doing in the beginning of the season. They started off really hot, and they you know been kind of not doing the greatest. So. That's probably my team of all time, you know, of, of right now. But uh, what about you? What, what was your team for well, the week? Well, damn, Rob. I mean, this is this is like this is like the movie Eight Mile, Eminem, where you get up there and you, you tell the rap and, and you say everything that I'm supposed to say against you. So you took all of my material away once again. Yeah. <laughs> another week in a row out of these 44 episodes, you've done it a total of nine times, Rob. Because mine was the, the Raiders. But, oh, I mean, no. Not only did they lay, lay a golden goose egg, not only did they only come up with six points. I started Car for Fantasy and the man came up with 0.60 fantasy <sighs> points. My quarterback, thanks for nothing 
drafting Derek Carr. But my big disappointment was the Eagles. I, they need to make a decision about Carson Wentz. You're gonna drag, you're gonna draft Jalen Hurts in the first round. You get this when you draft someone in the first round, Rob McLean. That means you're looking for a quarterback. And that means before that season's over, if you didn't start him in the beginning, you have to see this guy play multiple games and know if he's your guy. And if he's not your guy, he's got to move on. You got to use him as trade bait or something. You can't put him in a play here and a play there, okay? He only threw one pass. He came in for one play and threw to Alshon Jeffrey, who, by the way, got his first reception of the season. <laughs> All right? And what do they do? After they get some momentum and you hear the fans clapping, they put Wentz back in. And Wentz turned into Wentz, W-I-N-C-E. So big disappointment because they got a decent running game. They got good run blocking. Not great. They have a really, really good defense that creates turnovers. But but sooner or later they break when you when the offense just keeps turning over the ball and Wentz there's something off about Wentz right now and and to me it is a division you can win and I understand why you're going with him the sure the sure shot because right now who's in first place Rob come on the G-Man <laughs> Big Blue is in sole possession of first place with four wins. We don't need a and top now Daniel five Jones pick. is out. Daniel Jones is out too, so that's gonna suck. Might be yeah. a very, very, very temporary thing. Very. Um so who's the but losing? that might, you know, that's helping our draft pick, which is what we need, which is fine with me. So who's the losing team that no that that's dangerous to play right now? Who's the team that's that has a losing record that lost more games than they won that's like uh, I, don't, I don't think I want to play this team right now. They're, fight, they're still they're still fighting and they're dangerous. I, I mean, I think it's who we already talked about. The Falcons is definitely my my dark horse team. Yep. You know, I think they, uh, you know, they've just been like, you know, like kind of what you've been saying with the Chargers. You know, same with the Chargers as well. Like they've just either just lost games. You know, especially in the beginning of the season. You know, when you when you start off what zero and three, zero and four, one and four for the Falcons. You know, you're not you're not going to have a winning record that season, or you're going to be 500 by the end. So, no matter how good the football you play, you're just gonna you, your record's not really going to depict what your what your season looks like. So, for me, that was you know the same thing with Miami. You know, I think once Tua came in, even with Ryan Fitzpatrick, they were playing good football. Uh, you know, so those really team, really though. kind of my teams. That's a complete even, team, though. Yeah. You know, even the Bears too. I, I thought. At, at a higher echelon, they were really going to move into like a, a playoff position team, whether it was that Trubisky played better because Nick Foles was behind him, which I thought was really happening. And I think they probably should have stayed with that. Um, should have stayed with Foles? Foles, because I thought it was, they were, it was really propelling him to play better, you know, having someone like that behind him. And, you know, we didn't know it until now, but Nick Foles is not the same quarterback he was, you know, two, three years ago. You know, he's not necessarily a Super Bowl MVP um, or a player for this team to be that Super Bowl MVP. Um, uh, so I think it was just, it was very difficult. And now they're in a really tough position where you have two quarterbacks who aren't really playing up to their potential. So no one's really even driving each other to get better. Um, and you And you have a great team behind that. You know, you have a great receiving core solid line solid running back you know really solid defense so you know the bears definitely have uh, are at a crossroads 
Um, yeah, big. I like your pick on the Falcons. By the way, the team is four and two under Raheem Morris. So, and Raheem Morris is all about that defense. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, they have a little a little Belichick bend and don't break. That levels to this. So don't get me wrong on that. Yeah. One. Oh no, they um, don't have a talent for it. Yeah. Yet, but but I like nobody mailed it in. Nobody's like like. You see some basketball games. You see some football games where you like they just stop playing. And then the coach and and the coach got to fall on that sword, and the coach has got to go. But mm-hmm. every now and then you got these interims, man. That just, people just keep they play for them, dude. They just play for them. So hope they consider Raheem Morris at the end of the season because he deserves another shot um, with you know the GM and all that stuff. So my team mm-hmm. the, uh, to look out for uh, as far as the losing records concerned, the Chargers, man. You know, even even when you beat the Chargers, it feels like a loss because they, they beat you up and down the freaking field. They beat you on special teams. They create all these freaking turnovers. And then some of these games, like Buffalo Bills played them over the weekend. Buffalo felt lucky to come out of that and, and disappointed. Like, dude, this team probably should have won. <laughs> we turned over the ball three times. You know, they should have won. So so you picked the Falcons on that, and I probably would have picked the Falcons, and you, you did that Eminem thing again. Um, but So I'm going to go with the Chargers. Next time, I ain't going to let you go first. You know what? That, that, mm-hmm. You can go kick, Yeah, I just, just laid them all rocks. out there. <laughs> <laughs> um, last but not least for the NFL, Chiefs beat the Bucks 27-24. I mean, we were talking about our boy Tyreek Hill, boy, just going off. I think he had 269. I think he had like 200 yards at the half. Uh, uh, well, Mahomes definitely had 300 plus yards at the half. So, who's responsible for the Bucks losing this game? Oof, whoever was guarding Tyreek, man. Is it him? <laughs> is it Tariq? whoever was guarding Tyreek? Yeah. yeah. I mean. It's just hard because, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it was still a three-point game. It was still a one-possession game. It was still a very close, uh, you know, endeavor. So, that, that you know, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay pushed them to to have to score and have to, you know, have that many yards. Um, and I, I honestly, when I, I was telling you earlier, when I saw this, when I saw the uh, – when I saw, the, like, the, the stats of the game, I thought the score was – very different. Yeah, Yo, you thought it was cute. Yeah. So yeah, like uh, twenty-seven, twenty-four is a lot better than you know fifty, fifty or you know forty-five. Um, so the stats definitely didn't match the score. So I thought that the defense played great, but you know I still lost the game. So I think it it comes down to you know Tampa Bay at the end of the day um, getting their offense to score more than twenty-four points. So you've seen it in a lot of games, a lot of close games they've lost with you know, the score of 24 um, and teams just have to score a certain amount to beat them. A lot of teams like the saints or, you know, with drew Brees or Patrick Mahomes can score much more than that. So <clears throat> I think it's uh, honestly down to their offense. You know, I think their defensive held teams, you know, very, very good teams to under 28 points, which is kind of the threshold. If you can score over 28 points of your offense, you know, you're going to win most games. So I think they, you know, have to find out how to, manicure one more score you know because mike evans in the back of the end zone twice is great but uh you know you got it you got to be able to score once on the ground uh and, and possibly once with uh goodwin or, or gronk so no, we'll see good. how they uh, kind of implement other pieces into their offense to to make uh <clears throat> maybe some of those red zones red zone ships more efficient no no doubt like so who i mean who's to blame for this loss I guess Tariq Hill. 
I mean, look, you, you're going to go Tampa two, a cover two, a cover three, right? You're going to you're going to need over the, you're going to need over the top help against a deep threat like Tariq Hill. They were really, really worried about Sammy Watkins coming back because Sammy Watkins was just getting all these third down conversions. But Sammy Watkins is can be a deep threat, but there are levels to deep threats, right? You're not going to double cover a slot guy and do a single single coverage on Tariq Hill because if you do that, what's going to happen? They, the guy might take your lunch money. And well, 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 lo and behold, look what happened. He got his lunch money taken. Um, um, if you look at the stats, I mean, Patrick Mahomes had 300-plus yards before the half. He ended up with 462 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, with a passer rating of 135.4. That is ridiculous. 37 for 49 on pass attempts. And I'm like, when I didn't see the score either. I'm like, why is this guy still slinging? Why is he still slinging if he's up by, up by, up by a lot? The answer was, I'm like, wow, he's not up by a lot. And that's why he was still slinging. Um, yeah, great defense. Tariq Hill, 269 yards off of 13 catches, averaging 20.7 yards a catch. <laughs> His long was 75. We saw that strike where he did like a backflip in the end zone, three touchdowns. Brady, not too shabby himself. Brady had to, you know, turn it to kind of a shootout in, in a passes game. And I think as good as Brady is, he's going to lose that shootout against Mahomes. And he did. And he did. Brady, 27 for 41. Not gaudy numbers, but not bad either. 345. He'd love to have the two picks back, particularly the ball that bounced off that guy's helmet. And like and like fell into someone's hands. Exactly. Yeah. So who's to blame for that? I give it I give it to the coaching, but I, I get I give it to Tariq because Tariq Hill, you still if you got the one on one coverage, you still have to catch the balls. Right? If if this is the advantage you gotta take at the end of the day, you still have to catch those balls. And some of them were look like these golden throws, but I'm telling you, Tariq Hill has a has a way of making some of these ducks in the air look like they were meant to be. No, he <laughs> slows know? down immediately. Like it as soon like as the ball goes return, in the air, <laughs> he's 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 tracking that ball. So he you can see him. He slows down very quickly yeah. and then tries to speed up again towards the ball. He's so, so far ahead. He does did, a great did some job. of them look like yeah. a punt return? I thought, yeah, exactly. I thought it looked like a fair catch, dude. <laughs> all right, so so that's all I got. We're closing the door on NFL football. Let's go really quickly to NCAA um, football right now. Um, Alabama. Let's see if I could – I wish I could just put this up. The top four right now, Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Clemson. Trailing fifth is Texas A&M, 5-1, Florida 6-1. I think they're probably going to play Alabama for the SEC championship if they're in different divisions. Um, Cincinnati's 8-0, and BYU from the pack is 9-0. So with the top four, Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Clemson, is that how you see the Final Four finishing out? Um, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> obviously, you know, if somebody loses, but I don't really see, you know, with how few games possibly with, uh, you know, a game not happening with, you know, the coronavirus, uh, like some sort of outbreak or, or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, with, with all those things withheld, I don't, I don't see why not. Yeah. Me too. I agree with you. I mean, Clemson is the only team that lost one in the final four and for, in the top four, but that was a game that Trevor Lawrence had COVID. And if, uh, you know, like a decade ago, like the ACC was the weakest of the power five conference where the pack was up there, but now the pack is the weakest of the power five conference that includes the big, the big, um, the big 12. And they get a pass because one, their levels to this this quarterback in this game, and they know they belong in the top four. So they'll win they, their ACC championship game. And the problem is if they're if they're at four, I don't think the voters are going to sub them out 
for for somebody else. You know, like Ohio State, Notre Dame, if they're at four, they're like, oh, this team finished at the end strong. Let's give them a shot. You know, they're not going to do that to Clemson. So if Clemson stays at four, I think the guys inside the top four, Alabama, Notre Dame, and Ohio State are going to stay too. And if, and I'm, I'm, prob- I'm really a novice on how the SEC conference is set up, but if Florida and Alabama play each other for the SEC title, um, I think Florida has an in. I don't think Alabama gets to lose one and survive this year like they like they've been mm-hmm. doing. You know, I mean, they're certainly not going to push out Clemson or, or Ohio State. You know, Ohio State has gotten pushed out before. Um, so yeah, that's all I got for that, my man. We are rolling along, and since we're rolling along, let's take us to the category of shame to shame or not to shame. 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 All right. Oops, let's do that. We got our clock. Oh, we got our McLean. We got my Jason. We got our McLean. Rob, to shame or not to shame? The Broncos. Sorry. The Broncos. Starting Kendall Hill at starting quarterback last week. And Kendall Hill played quarterback at Wake Forest. It's been a while. He was on the practice squad as a wide receiver. And not only get gets signed or brought up, but he has to play quarterback. Shame to shame or not to shame, Rob? Um, you know, not no shame just because uh, you know, in this time, you know, there's a lot of things that happen. You know, there's both the quarterbacks are out with a possible uh COVID. Um, uh, infection, not infection, uh, exposure. Uh, they even tried to get two assistant coaches to sign so that they could uh, use <laughs> yeah, them as that's quarterbacks. Right. You know, so <laughs> there's there's a lot to it, and I think this is the best they could come up with. Uh, he was one for six, and you know the game could go on. But I think at a certain time, you know, they've got to you know start thinking about maybe not even having the games because that you know is this really competitive at a certain point? That's really my question. Geez, the last time someone passed only got one completion or two completions with the Broncos, it was Tim Tebow. And again, by the way, the Tim Tebow won. But I say no shame here because they had four quarterbacks that were on a COVID watch list or whatever. Um, Lindsey was taking some Wildcat snaps, but uh, you either you you play or you don't. They chose to play, and maybe, maybe it's the game that should be postponed. But honestly, it's weird that – it's weird that – sorry – Let's switch that. It's weird that the Ravens were able to postpone and the Broncos chose not to. And I don't know how the logistics and that thing works out. But for this, I like no shame. And I, li- I like that they gave the kid the, the this guy a chance. You know, uh, Fant, no offense, who's a, the tight end, was the guy that caught that one pass. He was on my fantasy team, so he got my little 2.6 points. So, so yeah. <laughs> it's been. I mean, it was a funky game to watch, but, I mean, Taysom Hill, you know, is um, also one of those guys that that's not a big thrower of the game that finds a way to make it happen too. So, so that's the end of Senate to shame to shame or not to shame. Very well, shame. if only that guy was not five nine, you know, five foot nine and you know, one hundred and eighty six pounds when wet. You know, Tyson Hill is at least six foot one. You yeah. know, one ninety seven. Yeah, man, his so. star is really shining right now, and he's definitely going to be in our next category, I believe. 
because we asked the question last week and I'm going to ask it again this week now that we see a bigger sample size of this segment, the next segment called Quick Question. Quick Question. Ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. Quick question, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Quick question, Rob. Is, is Calvin Johnson a first ballot Hall of Famer? Absolutely. Yes. Yes or no? The answer is yes. Cal Megatron. They, man, they messed up so many first ballots with Terrell Owens and, and Moss or whatever because of freak, the, the attitude of the writers. But Megatron is first ballot. Get this right. Um, was it a mistake? Question, quick question. Was it a mistake to start Trubisky over Foles? Yes. Got to go I was talking you. about this before. Yep. I say yes. Quick question, Rob. Um. Wow, sorry, I just saw some cool stat about Rodgers. He passed 50,000 yards. So one of one of uh, 11, the 11th player to do that. So congratulations to, to A-Rod. Um, quick question, Rob. Who wins the NFC East? <laughs> uh, the Eagles? Uh, cosign, going with the Eagles. I think that's the only thing that really cares enough to win. Cool. Uh, quick question, Rob. Is Taysom Hill good enough for the Saints to win the division? <clears throat> yes. Yes. I say yes. I think they're already 9-2. and two. They're, They got a pretty good head start. And they already beat some of the tougher, tougher teams twice already. Um, quick question. Which team's going to get a bye? Which one team from each conference is going to get a, a bye the first week? There's there's seven teams that make it instead of six now. You know, three wild cards. So, mm. so for the NFC, who is it? Uh, NFC Saints. I go see NFC. AFC. Yeah. Who host? Uh Chiefs. Going with the Steelers. Mm. <laughs> um, quick question, Rob. Miami goes back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Was that the right move? Uh. I, again, it depends on why. Uh, but yeah, why not? Because, yeah, it's a quick question. But yeah, I think so. I think so, too. I think, um, you know, next season. No, but next season, you, yeah, you've got a great big sample size of two. And next year, you could, they get to compete for the job. And Fitz showed that they can go to the playoffs with him. They're only one game behind the Buffalo right. Bills. And, and Were they, weren't they like 5-0? and oh or I mean, not 5-0 and oh with him. But like they, they had a pretty solid record, yeah. you know, with him. I think they were like... They were on like a two or three game winning streak, and then they switched him out, right? During yeah. the bye week or something like that. Yeah. I think they're two. So and, it's very, very two interesting. And, I think they're two and one or two and two at Tua, but their overall record, I believe, is seven and four. And that's good. Right, and for right. the end, you know. Yeah, there's a four and oh with, with yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then you switch him out the bye week. It's like. Uh, I mean, yeah, and with three wild card spots instead of two, you know, you don't, you're not. You know, you're not looking up the ass of a dead dog. You feel like you actually got a shot to get that last one. The Bills mm. are not thinking of anything else except their division and what else goes beyond that. So, and they do play the Bills again at the end of the year. So, some, some, mm. at some point. Um, all right. So that's the end of quick question. I got a big up, a list of big ups that I sent you before. Sarah Fuller, first woman in the Power Five to uh, to play in the Power Five conference. She played for Vanderbilt. I think they lost forty-one to zero, but she actually kicked. Uh, the kickoff for the second half, so big up to her. Nice. Goalkeeper uh, for Vanderbilt's um, SEC soccer team. Sent a low kick to the 35-yard line, squib kick. 
Um, yeah, I need to be careful because squib kicks mean return to return means someone might want, might want to blast her. So <laughs> be careful. Oh, big up. University of Buffalo, Jarrett Peterson ran for 409 yards, eight touchdowns. I am. He ran for 267 for five touchdowns in the first half and a 70-41 win over Kent State. Now, that's not running up the score because you're trying to run the ball to milk the clock. And if the right. guy gets a hole, right, you're not going to not go oh, through the yeah. hole. So, yeah. Eight oh, touchdowns. My goodness. Yeah. Jeez. So you mentioned something. I think you did a nice little big up for what the, what the Broncos did starting Hinton. And you also mentioned that they wanted to start someone on the coaching staff. Um, Rob Calabrese. Calabrese coaches, yeah. yeah. Their offensive quality control coach because he does reps with them in practice. So they were like, is there a way we can sign him? And like, nope, league rules. Nope, nope. Because they'll be able to do it with everybody. So, and I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah. But honestly, if you're looking for the best to play the best, I, I would not have had a problem with that. And, you know, how do you feel about that? I just think it was back to what we were saying again about, um, or what I was saying again about at, at a certain point, there has to be like a competitive integrity because there's 43 other people on that field who, yeah, they're going to get paid by this game, but they all could also get injured in this game, you know? And, and if it's for nothing, you know, if, you know, you know, you're losing your quarterback and you can't feel that position. I think it should be a forfeit at a certain point. Uh, you know, and again, this is just this year, you know, but just off of like integrity of, of competition, because man, that's not going to be a fun game. You know, how are you going to have, you know, the other 22 players on the other side of the field, you know, want to play defense and offense against each other when they really know it's for nothing, you know? So, I wouldn't uh, even I think say it's forfeit. It's a slippery slope. But I wouldn't even say forfeit. I'd say postponed because they left right, right. an extra week for the playoffs. Right. Like there's this right. big gap between the AFC and NFC championship game and the Super Bowl where they have a worst case scenario. Just call off the Pro Bowl, you know, and, and have an extra week for playoff teams to compete or yeah, the, exactly. January. So, so yeah, I think that, that it needs to happen or maybe it has to be a little bit more stringent because maybe mm -hmm. it's on a an amount of people if mm -hmm. they're able to feel the whole team. You know, I yep. think the quarterback should be a different or if you can't field a single position, then uh, instead of filling it with other positions, especially skill positions um, that, you know, maybe you call it for a postpone. Yeah, I mean, look, and in the same breath, what are they doing? How many times did they push back the Ravens in Pittsburgh? I mean, right. Come on. That was one of our pick six. OK, uh, so, Rob, before we go, is there something you want to say to me or us? Uh, no, man, just be safe, be happy, be healthy, you know. Thank you. God bless you. Good night. <laughs> That's all I got, too, guys. This is episode 44 from my man Rob. Keep it McLean, McLean. Dude, this is Sports Debate Tuesday. I am Jason DeBilius, and we, my friends, are out of here. <laughs>